The Bible Study Podcast, episode 223. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of freedom with a look at Galatians. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we looked at this study of freedom, one of the things that we saw was that in episode 221, we talked about the children of Israel who were given their freedom from Egypt, and the very first thing that God did is he took them to Sinai and gave them the law. And we said that that was an odd thing because we don't often associate rules or law with freedom but that God was trying to make them free to be something, make them free to be his people. Well, as if that's not interesting enough, or as if that's not strange enough, let's read from Galatians where something very different is happening. In Galatians 1, after his initial greetings, Paul says this to the church at Galatia. This is verse 6. I'm astonished that you so quickly deserted the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse." As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than the one you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now, Paul is pissed off. And Paul is unhappy about something that's happened in Galatia after he left there. So he went there and he preached the gospel of Jesus. And some people came after him and preached something else. Well, we know from looking later in the book, and we'll get there in a second, that the people who came after him were a people called the Judaizers. And this is not actually a difficult group to understand. In the first 10 years of Christianity, so if you look in the book of Acts and you look at Jesus comes, he preaches, he's crucified, resurrected, and ascends, and then the church is left. The first 10 years of the church to be a Christian is to be Jewish. There is no Jews for Jesus at that time. Everybody is Jews for Jesus. If you want to become a Christian, you convert to Judaism. And then what happens after that is Peter is given a sign that Cornelius, who is a God-fearing man, so he's a believer in God, but he hasn't been circumcised. He's not Jewish. He's not following the Jewish rules. That God finds him acceptable and the people with him, and they're given a miracle. And so he goes back and he tells the council of Jerusalem, guess what? It looks like God is also accepting people to be believers in Christ without being Jewish. And this becomes a point of contention. So they debated at the first council of Jerusalem and they decide, yes, that's indeed the case. But not everyone accepts that understanding. And some of the people who still think that to be Christian, you have to be Jewish, follow on after Paul. And what they're preaching is you need to go back under the yoke of the law. You need to follow the law as if you were Jewish. You need to convert to Judaism to become a Christian. And again, I say that's not very surprising because this is not long after the decision is made. Some people don't accept that decision. And 
Paul says this. He says in Galatians 3. Galatians 2, he establishes his credentials. He tells some of the story that I just told you. He tells how Peter, in fact, he had to correct Peter because even though Peter was given that sign, he later on stopped eating with the Gentiles because he was afraid of the people who were Judaizers. And Paul had to say, hang on a second. You were the one who told us that God said it was okay. So after he establishes that in Galatians 2, he says this in Galatians 3. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it is really if it really was in vain. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work his miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So clearly Paul is upset. He's upset with these people who have changed what they believe after he left. But now let's look at this. We said that when the people of Israel came out from Egypt, that the first thing that God did was give them the law. Now, Paul is telling the people of God here in Galatia, his understanding of the people of the church are the people of God, that that law no longer applies, but not only no longer applies, is a sort of bondage. Isn't that odd? How could it be both? How could it be freedom at one point and bondage later on? But there's something else that's going on here that's a little subtle. Let's read the rest of this particular section. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God, because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it was written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Now remember, redeemed again is this term that comes out of a money term, to buy back, to buy back into freedom in the case of a person, to ransom back from the pawn shop, to buy out of slavery. So we are told that we were slaves and that we were returned to freedom here through the act of Jesus. Now, how can the law be freedom for the Israelites and yet bondage at this point for the Christians? Let's look at why did God give the law. And there are two particular reasons. I think both are true, but both head us in a different direction. One is the children of Israel just came out of Egypt. They were not a nation and God is making them a nation. And so he gives them a series of guidelines, a series of laws that 
tell them how to behave to be God's people, to be God's people to each other and to be God's people to God. So he starts with have no other gods before me. That's a relation that we're talking about with God. But then he also gets into the how you should treat one another. Don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness. All of these issues are relational issues towards God or towards each other. Now, does God want us to kill or steal now if we're not under the law? Well, no, of course not. So how can the law be a bad thing? How can the law be a burden? How can the law be a bondage? Something that we again need to be redeemed from. If we were doing a study of Romans, and we've done that on the Bible Study Podcast, we would go through the first two and a half chapters of Romans, and we'd see that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That what the law did for those who were under the law is it pointed out to them that they were imperfect, because they could not keep God's statutes all the time, every day, and that God requires perfection. So that the law, although it was able to point out sin, wasn't able to cure us of our sin. So... The first thing that the law did is it did inform the people of Israel with how they should behave towards one another, but they almost immediately fell short. They almost immediately broke the very first commandment, making golden calves, even before they leave Mount Sinai. So although the law is good, and and Jesus says not one stroke of the law will disappear, the law is incapable of saving us. So that's one thing the law is. The law both points out sin, but the law also tells us what God desires in our relationships. Now, as we become Christians, all of those things still apply in the sense that how we are to behave in our relationship to one another, to God and to one another, are still true. But Jesus defined it a little differently. He defined it a little more succinctly and in ways that are consistent with the law. You will love the Lord your God with your whole heart, and you'll love your neighbor as yourself. It's the same thing with a lot less detail. And the problem is that as we fall into legalism, as we fall into trying to do the right thing to save ourselves, we can fall into one of two directions. We can either fall into the area where we understand that we fall short and we think we have no worth, Or we can fall into self-righteousness where we don't understand that we fall short and we think everybody else has no worth. Those are the two traps of a legal solution. And you can see that if we become Christians like Jesus wants us to be by putting God first and others first, those traps aren't there. So it's not a question of do you follow this rule, do you follow that rule? But who are you putting first? And so Paul is very upset with the Galatians here who have fallen back into Jewishness, which is there was nothing wrong with that that was given to the people of Israel at Sinai, but it can't save them. He says it's, it's less than what you've been given since, which is this freedom through Christ. It's less than the gift of salvation. It's less than the redemption that Jesus did on the cross. And it also can blind us to God's original purpose, which was put God first, put others first. It's there in the law. Go back to the law and read it with that understanding, and you will see it there. But often when we get legalistic, we forget about it. And we become trapped in a law 
that binds us. We get trapped in a law that is not freedom. So when Paul says, I want you to be free of this law, he's not saying, I want you to go off and do whatever you want to do. He's saying, I want you to be free of this legalism. I want you to understand that you are called to love. It's in every letter that Paul writes how they are to submit themselves to one another. So he's not saying you are free to do whatever you want, but he's saying you're free to be God's people called to love. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have questions, feel free to leave a comment at thebiblestudypodcast.com or send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.